Welcome to the Morning Moxie Show. I am your host, Alicia Sharp. And today on the show, and for the next couple of days, we have Bill Johnson. And Bill Johnson is talking to us about supernatural courage. Do you ever feel like you need courage and that, you know, fear kind of surrounds you and keeps you from doing a lot of the things that you want to do? You know, like, hey, I want to go talk to that person over there, but uh, I don't know that they really want to hear what I have to say, and I just don't know, or... Or maybe I, I really feel led to pray for this guy over here in the wheelchair, but yeah, that's kind of awkward, and I just don't know. But God wants us to have supernatural courage and to believe Him. And I've been doing a lot of studying and a lot of listening to, to messages and different things about faith and about believing. And you know what? The Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Everything comes down to faith and belief because that's what the new covenant is all about it's believing God it's believing in his promises it's believing that he is faithful to what he says it's believing that he will do what he says he's gonna do because you know it's not about us trying to make it happen it's really about us having faith and trusting in his promise and so this message is about having supernatural courage this is the first part here's Bill and this passage in Luke 16 says, The law and the prophets were until John, but now the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is pressing into it. Stunning phrase, everyone. I think one of the greatest mistakes we make is to look at prophecies and promises and think we know when and how they're supposed to be fulfilled. The charts are created, the books are written, what this symbol mean, what that symbol means. I think it's one of the greatest expressions of, of theological arrogance. When a promise exists in scriptures, it, it's so easy if it's a great one to say that's for the millennium. You know, Bill, that was just really important to say. That was a good point. It's like, you know, it's like everybody knows if it's really a good one, like really, really a great word, then it can't be for now. God knows we're not worthy. And of course, we only get what we deserve. <clears throat> you know, I just think it's wiser when you find the great promises of Scripture is to adopt them and pray till you get a breakthrough. It's theologically irresponsible to take the great promises of Scripture and put them off into a period of time for which we have no responsibility. When the Scripture says, and everyone is pressing into it, don't define it to me. Describe it to me in the outer court. Get in the inner place with God and tell me what He's saying. Don't give me your opinion. Take it to the Father and say, is it possible, God, that in my lifetime, everyone I know could seek you? Does, is this making any sense to you? It's like the scriptures are saying, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Why have some said that means a representation of every tribe and tongue in the world? It doesn't say that. It says all flesh. It says, and all shall know me. I don't, I don't believe that, you know, that 
I forget what it's called now, universalism or whatever it is where no one goes to hell or they're only there a short time, then they up in heaven. I don't buy into that. I don't buy into that. But I do believe it's God's heart and I do think it's possible. I don't think he would have said, look at the field, they're all white for harvest. Everyone is harvestable now if you have an anointing equal to the size of the harvest. That's why he said pray for laborers. He didn't tell us to pray for the, for the harvest. It's not illegal to pray for the harvest. It's just not, that's not the assignment. Because the, the size of the harvest is always determined by the quality and quantity of laborers. So he says, the law and the prophets were until John, but now the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is pressing into it. The kingdom of God, the dominion of God is being proclaimed. And everyone is pressing into it. Is it possible that the size of the harvest is determined by the nature of the message? The kingdom is being preached. And everyone is pressing into it. Before the end comes, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the earth. Then the end shall come. Kingdom. It is the message that releases the present tense dominion of God over everything that has come under the influence of darkness. That is your message. Everything. Everything that has come under the influence of the powers of darkness is a target. Whether it's the mind, whether it's the person's history, whether it's generational curses, whether it's you know, uh, human tragedy, wars, rumors of war, all the stuff. Everything that comes under the influence of darkness is a legal target. And it's wisdom for us to find out the part of the world, that niche that God has assigned us to, so that his dominion will be seen freely in everyone we have influence with. But now the gospel of the kingdom is being preached and everyone, everyone is pressing into it. I don't know about you, I love that verse. Everyone. Why don't you go to 1 Samuel 14. We'll make this the last portion we read. And I'll just quote one other one to you probably. 1 Samuel 14. Are you still happy? Yes. Yes. He had me a little nervous for a minute there. That's good. A great study um, would be to look at the correlation, the connection between boldness and demonstrations of power. In the passage we read in, uh, in Acts 14, there was a specific connection to the boldness of their message, the bold decree and the demonstrations of power that followed. It was the prayer that Peter prayed, God grant that your servants would speak your word with all boldness while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant Jesus. The connection between boldness and power. There's something about courage that attracts God into a situation. If the average, if Jesus would have preached the average sermon 
that was preached across this country this last weekend, he never would have been crucified. I speak that kindly, of course. <clears throat> if Jesus would have preached the average sermon this last, that was preached this last Sunday across this country, he never would have been crucified because there wasn't enough offense in the word. It was his boldness that intimidated people. Those who were in power were losing control. It is about control. And the religious leaders wanted to dominate that world. That's why control and manipulation that is often found in, in present-day leadership has to go because our call is to empower and release people. Empower and release. I, there's, I'll tell you, there's nobody in this room that values holiness in a life more than I do. I, I tell our folks, I said, listen, I'm not, I'm not impressed with anybody's life that doesn't have character and purity. But I'm not happy with your life till there's power. And here's the problem. This is going to sound a little blasphemous to start with, but give me a little bit of grace here. Part of the problem is that we actually think character is more important than power. Why is that a problem? Because then gifts become rewards. It's not the process that Jesus used. When you keep people out of the ministry experience where they experience the power of God, when you withhold that from them and reserve it as a reward for proven character, then you keep from them the stream of power that brings about the very character they need. It's the encountering the presence of the Spirit of God. It's realizing I have a destiny that is significant and I can't afford to walk this in compromise. There's something that happens in that encounter. That's what Jesus did. He called the 12. He commissioned them. They went out, did great exploits, came back, and argued as to who was the greatest. And then they got mad at others outside their group. They were casting out devils. They're not with us. They, they didn't like the fact that there were others outside of their clique that were doing stuff. And then James and John tried to call down fire on a whole city because they had the spirit of murder on them. This was after Jesus commissioned them to works of power. So what did Jesus do following this experiment of anointing 12 unqualified people to work in miracles? The very next chapter, Luke chapter 10, he now does it to 70 others. Instead of changing the plan after a supposed failed experiment, he releases 70 others who don't have the same access to his immediate presence as the 12 did. Why? Because he knew you have to expose people to divine purpose so that they're willing to pay the price for who they are to become. It's courage. Supernatural courage can take you places that, that nothing else can take you to. That was Bill Johnson, and you can find that whole entire talk on YouTube. If you search under Bill Johnson Prophecy 2019, Walking in Supernatural Courage. You can also find out more information about Bill at his website, bjm.org. Hope you have a wonderful day today, and I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless.